Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker. In this episode, I'm talking to Deidre Breckenridge about her book writing process. I want to know more about her consulting business and her passion projects. In this episode, we'll take a closer look at her take on modern communication and PR. So, okay, so obviously you're, the thing, you, obviously your background is a writer, right? I mean, that's what you're, the premise of everything that you do has this common core of, of being a writer. So yep. how is content a major piece of that? Like, how do you integrate? Because not everybody's writers, right? And, and that don't have the expertise right. that you have. So how is it with content being kind of the core of that? How do you do that with your consulting business with your clients? So I, I think it's understanding your, your thought leadership. So my clients start to learn their pillars of thought leadership, right? Pillars of content. And once you understand your areas of expertise, it's really easy to figure out what media you're going to explore, right? To put your content out. And it's all based on your audience. It's always what they yeah. want. And basically what I'm finding is that we're hungry for content. I mean, my goodness, there's the long tail of publishing now. So there was just a study that came out by Unclusive. I don't know if you saw it. It was the media report. But basically, it says that there are so many more third tier publishers that it's good in a way that everybody can produce content. And it's bad in a way because there's so much out there that, you know, attention spans and everything is so saturated. But I think it's really important just to understand, well, first you have to have a compelling story Mm -hmm. that you want to share, but it really becomes how does somebody want to experience what you have to offer Mm -hmm. and how are you going to meet their passion? I call it passion potential because basically whatever it is you have to share has to meet their need and want for you to share it. So it's all different. It really depends. Some of my clients are uh, podcasters. Some are more the digital correspondent type. Some, Some are writers like me. And it's always tapping into your, you know, what you do best as well so that you're not so bogged down. It doesn't seem like such a chore as well. And I think, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, the, for me, it's like, and that's what we kind of look at is like, what do you enjoy doing? Right. And what are you good at? Yeah. Right. And it's like really building something around that. Cause you can always find if you're not the best writer, I mean, if you can speak and put something into a tape and tell people what the premise of it is, or, you know, we do video, a lot of stuff like we use loom to be able to do a video and explain things. You don't have to be the best writer in the world, right? You don't have to with, with video, it's a little difficult to clone yourself and have somebody else do it. So you, you probably have right. to do that work. But, and if you hate being in front of a video, then, then maybe that's not for you. But I think it's important what people, one of the things is, is figuring out obviously what you're good at, but then also knowing that you don't have to be everywhere. You don't have to be on every platform. You don't have to do every medium, figure out what you enjoy doing and what kind of content you think your audience is going to like. And as long as that resonates with what you're creating, then finding that connection. Right. And I think that's always the hard part because, you know, and I, we get this and I think everybody does is like, there's always a new platform. There's always a new this. There's always a new that, oh right? Gosh. And there's always yep. something to distract you from it. But I think it's it's really focusing. And, and for me to say focus is kind of ironic, but to focus on exactly like, once again, what your message is, how you want to put that out. And once again, what you enjoy doing, because I think people want to, oh, I got to do video, but I got to hate video. And I think there's a, there's a difference between hating video 
And then also getting it to a point where you just haven't done it a lot. So you're not good at it, right? Not where you like have anxiety and you're like, have to take medicine or something to be able to get on. Right. That's a whole different level. <laughs> yeah, that's the point you don't want to do. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's, that doesn't make sense. Cause you're, you know, cause I mean, drugs are expensive from what I understand, but <laughs> from what I've heard. So I think that's the, that's the key is like, what, like once again, what do you like to do and what are you good at doing? And then you can build out the other pillars because there's other people that enjoy whatever that is that you don't enjoy, like accounting or answering yeah. emails or something like that. So I, we talk about that of like, there's figuring out what you're good at, what you want to do, how you spend your day. And once again, do you enjoy what you do? But also you, you hit on something really important when you were saying, you know, sometimes if you haven't done video in a long time, you're a little reticent to do it and you're nervous, but you're really, you're still excited. Stepping out of your comfort zone versus I'm going to have a, a full-blown panic attack because I really don't, this is not for me. So I think people have to embrace stepping out of their comfort zone when it's when it's right to do for them. And I think that's one thing that I've always, always tried to do for my brand, where I started as, if you take my, my writing and my storytelling, book author to blogger to LinkedIn learning video instructor. I was a lynda.com yeah. instructor yeah, and then LinkedIn acquired Linda. Um, I'm an audio podcaster and we're actually launching the first video version <laughs> so I that's that. coming out yeah. but each time I kind of felt like oh I'm excited but oh this feels a little funny but that's okay you, you still have to get used to stepping out of your comfort zone that's important too today and absolutely and I think that's the thing is that you know my yours or my first speaking event my first podcast my first video thing you don't jump into it and sound great. Like I'll give you an example. And I, I brought this up in past podcasts. I have my first blog post that I wrote on my website and I show it to the, my students at UCLA and they always look at it and they go, God, that's terrible. And I go, that's my point of showing it to you is that it's terrible, yes. right? It's like, but I started, right? So the thing but is you like with it. you is with you and it's important to go and do that and step out of your comfort zone. And yeah, mm -hmm. my writing skills aren't absolutely phenomenal. I'm not a writer by trait, but this is where I started, right? And now I have people on my team that help me with writing, obviously with, you know, writing content. So this is the thing is like, it, you just have to get it started. And the video thing and the speaking thing being a, a great example of that, people are, I mean, people are like, it's like death and speaking, right? That's like the thing. Yeah. A lot of the time speaking is more scary than death because speaking, you have to think about what you did after death. It just happens. And it's like, okay, it's happening. So it's the, the, the crazy part about it for me is once again, I think you touched on it is like, do are we so uncomfortable? We just can't do it. Cause I get anxiety before I speak and I haven't told yeah. a lot of people that, but then when I get up on stage, other than talking, you work through it, yeah, you work through it. Right. It's like, I kind yeah. of forget about all that. And now it's, this was in the beginning. Now it's just, it's kind of second nature to get up and speak. But in the beginning it was, it was absolutely terrifying. Like, I'm like, what am I oh, doing? Yeah. But I, I knew myself that I was like, I have to conquer this. Like I have to go through this. It sucks. Right. And I, I, I just not, I don't love it by any means, but there'll get to a point where I'll just jump up on stage. I grab a microphone and then it'll just, it's all second nature. And that's where I'm, I'm at now, but it, it takes a while to get there. And you have to, once again, you have to say, am I willing to really go through the hard times? Cause it's not easy. It just won't be right. Yeah. I have a perfect example. So I had done Facebook lives for my clients where I would be instructing them how to do a Facebook live, but I will never forget. I was doing some content marketing for NASDAQ. NASDAQ had acquired market wired, um, it was when they made the acquisition of MarketWire's Newswire and digital media services. 
So NASDAQ had this business unit that was also Newswire and digital media services. I used to do videos for them. I was very comfortable being on video, going to trade shows, interviewing influencers there and speakers. And one day, so we were in Toronto at the World PR Forum, and I will never forget this. The call comes in from headquarters and it goes into the marketing director who was at the show with me. And they said, would Deirdre do Facebook Live video with the influencers? And then at the time, the marketing director was like, yeah, I'm sure she would do that. That's a great idea. And then they asked me, let's just test it on our Facebook feed. We want you to go and talk for 10 minutes raw. Just go on the NASDAQ Facebook page, do a live video and talk. And I was nervous because it was NASDAQ. Yeah. I mean, the NASDAQ, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I thought to myself, I'm going to be kicking myself if I say no. Yeah. I'm nervous, but I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. And I did. And just to the point of you showing your students that first video, I like to show this first video of me doing my Facebook Live for NASDAQ with like their step and repeat banner behind me. It was so bad. <laughs> it was like my leg was moving. The angle was wrong. I could just pick it apart. But guess what? I did it. it did more of it that if, if I had said no, I never would have ended up at market site in Times Square doing a live show in the same studio as Squawk Box that was broadcast out where I got to be their digital correspondent and host of a show that just strictly interviewed influencers. I mean, you just never know where it's going to take you. And I think that's what's, for me, that's what's exciting, like the speaking side of things and workshops for me. In the beginning, it was uncomfortable, but for me now, I knew that once I got through that, that there was going to be just great stuff that was going to happen, right? But it's like anything else. It's that part sucks, right? Going from here to there because you're like this and that, but so many good things can happen once you break outside of yes. that. Assuming once again that you're not so, you know, have to heavily medicate yourself to do something. But even then, I, I would have, I would have, this is, this was years ago, I was going on and I was just a little nervous, a little speaking event, a little a keynote that I was doing in Santa Barbara. And, um, and the funny part was the guy that was there and he goes, he goes, how you doing? I said, Oh, you know, I'm doing good. And that's always my answer. Right. But I'm like, you know, sweating and not really, but it's like, you know, deep down inside my palms are all sweaty. And he's like, do you want a shot of tequila? And I was, what? <laughs> he goes, do you want a shot of tequila? And I'm like, I go, I'm, I'm Irish. It doesn't mean I like drink before my keynotes, but he goes, I actually he goes, I'm the only reason I'm asking. I don't think he had a bottle of tequila. His yeah. point was, is like, he had other people, speakers that would for a long time, they would drink tequila. I'm not recommending drinking tequila before you Right. Oh, wow. take care of the anxiety for them. And I always thought that was interesting. Now I never have decided to drink before I go on stage. Cause I, I don't think I need to drink when I, before I go on stage, no, after I go on stage, I'm, I'm <laughs> too with the group. Right. So, but I just thought that was interesting, like to get rid of the like anxiety of it. He's like, yeah, I recommend tequila. And I was like, well, there we go. I mean, who knew? So guys, let me know if you use tequila before you do your keynote and how that turns out, or if you even remember it. And if you do, then that's awesome. Let us know how that goes. So how funny. When we talk about content, so tell me, what are you, what are you really passionate about? Like if somebody said, like if they put, you know, your name plus a hashtag, like what would that hashtag be in regards to what are you passionate about content wise? Like what would be like right now you're like, Hey Shane, this to me is like really where I'm, I know obviously you have your podcast, right? Women worldwide. So I, I would say that's probably what you're passionate about, but like, tell us, what are you passionate about right now when it comes to content marketing? So, well, I, I mean, right now I am working on a project that 
is all about millennials on social media. I heard about this. So I'm building, um, it actually, it comes out of something sad, but it's meant to be empowering and to move forward to help. So I think you know this, Shane. We lost our daughter, my stepdaughter, Noelle, yeah. in September. Mm-hmm. And it was tragic. And she was a millennial, absolutely beautiful, accomplished. And, you know, you, you look at people like Noelle on social media mm-hmm. and it's, it's a highlight reel. And it's really interesting because I am now about, I'm finding out that millennials especially are feeling that their performance is tied to their value, that depression, anxiety, the rates are spiking, suicide, which is really scary, is up 30% since the year 2000. It's the second leading cause of death of Americans between the ages of 10 and 34. So after what happened with Noel, I really started to, I'm talking to millennials, asking specific questions about how they're feeling about social media and how leaders are coming across to them in their content, in their communication. And what I'm finding is that the model I'm developing is kind of the gap between what the millennials really want and need and prefer in their content and communication and what's actually coming across from business leaders and professionals. And FEEL stands for face your fears, engage with empathy, use ethics and good judgment, and unleash the love. So that's where I am in the content space with my own content, with people I work with, to always make sure you feel first before you communicate. That's what I'm super passionate about. I love that. That is so awesome. And that's, and I appreciate the bringing up the thing with Noel. I knew that that was, and we had talked a little bit on Twitter and through direct message about that. I knew that was a, a, a hard thing for you guys. And it's, it's interesting how you're turning it into something that I think could have a big impact. And so I think that's awesome. I hope so. It will. It, it will. It absolutely will. And you obviously, and I've told you this before, but you let me know whatever you need from my side to help get the word out, not only through the podcast, but through anything. Cause like, I think it's, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of like passion projects, especially if it can make an impact. I think social media and I think it's difficult time for millennials, right? I think there's, it really is. there's this need to perform and this need to, to be out there. And, you know, you're socially accepted by how many likes and comments. And, you know, if I'm not getting this and content, I mean, I, I work with influencers a lot. Like my class at UCLA is literally personal branding, how to be an influencer. Right. And so it, yeah. it is this kind of this, this need to feel accepted or, you know, a to monetize it and stuff like that. But I do think, you know, the unfortunate part is, is that if you're not, you know, if you want to be a, an influencer in theory, if you're not performing, then they're going to go find somebody else. Right. If you're not out there putting this forward and some right. Honest about what they put out. And some people it's this facade of, you know, this is, Oh, my life's great. I have a, you know, pink dog and I eat caviar and I'm on a jet every day. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe not every day, but so it's, it's like, how do you like getting through that? I think it's the communication and there's just so many other avenues to communicate. And it's, once again, it's, it's difficult, you know I mean? High school yeah. high and even college it's, and even after that, it's difficult times, man. It just, it is hard. There's a lot of, I don't know. There's just a lot of moving pieces to it. I think it's awesome that you're looking into that as, you know, kind of like trying to figure out interviewing people and saying, Hey, what are the potential issues here? And, and especially when we're dealing with, you know, higher suicide rates and stuff like that. I mean, you know, social media has some upsides and some good things. And, you know, I think what's important to address both sides of it, right. Especially if it's affecting our youth and the people that it's important. You know, what's coming up a lot in my research is that millennials are saying that the way people are communicating, everything is don't trust anything. 
You just, you can't trust anything. It's disingenuous. It's all planned communication, which in most cases, when they talk about their business leaders or brands that they like the way they're being communicated to, it's, it it is planned. And that, um, you always have to verify and then trust. You know, I, I grew up a long time ago. It was, you could trust first. Yeah. And then if you had to verify, but now you would, you just don't, there is no trust. And I think what millennials, what I see is much more on the EQ side of things, this emotional intelligence, which is really important anyway, because Shane, in an age of automation and artificial intelligence, the machine can't take away things like caring and kindness and intuition and the ability to build a genuine relationship. That's all EQ. And millennials are very much EQ. And on the other side, sometimes the communication, because I've analyzed it on social media, I've used a social media intelligence software platform to look at how leaders, emotion and communication, what's being valued. And it's really interesting because the IQ words like strength and professional and powerful and experience they're all big words when you do text analytics, but things like feel and real and trust and compassion are all little words <laughs> that are hardly ever talked about. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I can't wait to hear more about like what you got going on there. Cause that's, I just think, I think you're, you're touching on something that I don't think a lot of people realize is going on. Right. Because I, it's not, I don't think it's talked about a lot. Right. There's, like I said, the other side of social media and how it can affect once again, can be great. But there's the other side, it doesn't affect everybody great. Right. And so there's no. that, that it can really can cause issues. And so I think that's interesting. Once again, as I've told you before, you let me know when you come out with that, I would love to support you in any way possible. Put it to my Thank you. channels and stuff. Yeah. I just think it's important. I think it's important to look at both sides of that. And I'm excited to see your research. I know how you do research. So I'm excited to see how that thing comes out. There'll be another book. <laughs> I can only imagine. Hey, I'll, I'll buy it. I'm ready. I'm ready for number seven. Thank you. I just, I, my goal is to come out with my book before you come out with your 15th book. <laughs> I'm this I, small goal. Oh, you will. I know. I'm going to go put, that will, on my put it out there in the universe. You'll do it. Don't you worry, folks. I'm going to get this thing. This thing's going to be, she's only going to do eight books in the time that I do one. That's not a problem. No, nothing here to judge. We'll be good. Now that we got that clear, let's wrap up this podcast segment. It's been an insightful conversation on modern communication. We're going to switch gears in the next episode and cover more ground on content and influencer marketing. Stay tuned.